0: Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. Keeping it real with you, I'm Pranav. And I'm Arvind. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most hyped up squads in the NBA. That is the Brooklyn Nets. With their shining big three of Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, they were expected to win a lot of games and maybe even make a great finals run, winning it in the process. But it hasn't been the case where they've encountered a lot of problems within their squad concerning depth or just a lack of players
1: to play. So, let's dive right in. They were hoping or they were projected to be contenders. But as the season progressed, we've seen that that might not be the end result for the Brooklyn Nets. Why is that? Why were they contenders before the season started? They had huge off-season signings. But although they were underrated at the time, they have proven to be pretty effective. Paddy Mills and the return of LaMarcus Aldridge have proven to be pretty useful uh, for the Nets, in the absence of Kevin Durant especially. But how did the season actually start? Kyrie Irving didn't play at all. He didn't want to get vaccinated. He still doesn't want to and still only plays away games.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how to explain Harden's lapse in play. Like, I remember how he used to play last year with the Nets also. He was a much better passer. He was able to ISO on literally almost all the players in the NBA. And when the season started, he didn't look to be in good shape or even, I don't know, playing form. Like, he was unable to beat people off the dribble. He was reluctant to drive to the basket and that proved to have a lot of side effects on the Nets offense. So, Durant had to do a lot more of heavy lifting uh, now that Kyrie Irving wasn't there. And like you said, of their offseason signings, only Patty Mills played well. A lot of the offense and defense hinged on Durant. And it was taking a toll on him because he was playing heavy minutes a game. And it still wasn't contributing to wins, right?
1: I mean, they were the first uh, seed in the East. So, I would say it was kind of contributing. But, uh, you know, the East this year is a bit more stacked than the West. At least the top six teams. Right now, Harden, I think, you know, he's getting into the groove of uh, his uh, old uh, play style and everything. And the we shouldn't forget the rule change. The um, player leaning into the defender for contact. That has been abolished this time. So, I mean, uh, do you think that has had an effect on the way Harden has played? Uh,
0: it could be the rule and it could be just, you know, lack of match fitness. So, I would say that when the season started, everyone attributed his bad play to the rule change. But I feel like it was a combination of factors. And if you look at his stats right now, he's pretty much averaging the same uh, production while on slightly less efficiency. So I wouldn't say that, you know, the rule change was 100% the reason he was playing bad. And what I will say about the Nets is, even though they were a first seed in those games without Kyrie, they hadn't won a game against Any team above 500, they lost to all the good teams in the NBA. They were stacking up their record against bad teams. And that is a side effect of the regular season schedule also, right? You can't have the Nets play just good teams in a stretch of games and then bad teams. They had a combination which, you know, yielded a schedule which didn't have any good teams. And it benefited them because they were the first, second or third seed at any point when Durant was playing. But then Kyrie Irving came back, but he was only allowed to play away games. and that kind of put a smile on Nets fans' faces because they now knew that, at least on alternate games, they would have the big three together again.
1: Oh, wait. I think uh, the first game, uh, one of the few first few games Kyrie returned, they blew the Bulls out by around 38 or 40 points. I'm not wrong. I think that was their first win against uh, one of the top eight teams in the league. Am I right? Yeah, and that Bulls game was really good because all
0: three of the players on the Nets were playing really well. And Paddy Mills, as usual, was playing way beyond his role. And another thing that I wish to say is maybe a lack of playing time together is costing the Nets because they haven't played together at all. And Kevin Durant then went down with a leg injury and he is supposed to be out for a few
1: weeks now. And that really put a dent in the Nets' plans. I mean, with Kyrie's return, we were all expecting to see the big three you know, play consistently. But uh, as you said, with Durant's injury and um, even Harden, there has been uh, there have been news reports of Harden being uh, dissatisfied with the whole situation in Brooklyn. Him not being uh, being able to play with Durant and Irving consistently because of Irving's vaccine issue. And I-, I don't think he really enjoys living in Brooklyn. You know, he he's voiced out his frustration. I-, I feel only when they get to play together, all three of them, we can actually see some of the real talent that they actually have.
0: Yeah, that's very true because you can't gauge the potential without having a bigger sample size, right? They haven't even played more than 30 games together. How can you judge the ceiling of a team like this? Because I've seen super teams fail with all the talent stacked in their favor. And I've seen teams that have some young talent and still make it to a conference finals. So the real problem comes where now in this kind of scenario, right? James Harden is being put into the same role as he was in like 2016 or 2017 with the Rockets. He's supposed to carry a one-man offense, score 40 every night, and lead the team to a top-five seed. It's kind of hard to expect a man to do that, especially when the role he signed up for with the Nets was not of the sort at all. It was supposed to be him cruising through games in the regular season and taking it up a notch in the playoffs and winning a championship with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So... He didn't expect to play in a squad that had no depth whatsoever, right? He didn't expect to start games with Kessler-Edwards and Daron Sharp.
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with the last point. The Mets do not do not have depth at all. Blake Griffin has not been playing really well. He's been shooting an abysmal 20% from three. And, you know, that just is a black mark because he's supposed to, you know, at least be a a budget version of himself from 2015 and 2016, and he's not doing that. He's averaging around 6 points per game and that's that doesn't benefit a superstar or a former superstar at all. Patty Mills is the only one playing well. There is absolutely no bench depth and the role players aren't that good either. Some of them are rookies, some of them are very inconsistent. And the big three, as you said, we we haven't seen them play at all. So, in two seasons, as you said, they haven't even played more than 30 games. So, I mean, the other players, the role players are supposed to step up in such times. But uh, I, I really don't see that happening. And I don't see that happening anytime soon either. But for the Nets to be you know, real title contenders, they will need to have all their players be really consistent. And most importantly, the big three playing together.
0: Yeah, and looking at the bench step that they did have, it was Joe Harris, Nick Claxton and you know, even Cameron Thomas and LaMarcus Aldridge I'm willing to include in this list. So the problem was that Joe Harris went out with an injury. Claxton has been injured on and off and he's actually been a great contributor off the bench. And the problem is that with these people being inserted on and off into the lineup, it doesn't give the team the chemistry that it needs to make it in a playoffs, much rather the regular season. If they can't make it now, when will they ever get it together and make a deep run? And the thing is... Uh LaMarcus Aldridge is a great player. He's still pretty good on offense. Like, those mid-rangers that he takes really fall most of the time. The thing is, he's a real liability on defense. And that's where the Nets really lack. They have only offensive power or defensive power. They don't have some multiple two-way player except in Kevin Durant. There's no one else on the team that can
1: do it on both ends of the floor. I think the Nets are one of the bottom teams in terms of defense. And... Uh... I think they're, they're one of the teams that allows most, uh, the most number of open three-pointers. So, given your defense being that bad, you're bound to lose games, a lot of games. And uh, it, it, I, won't, I won't blame it all on the players. You know, the coach has to implement some sort of defensive strategy, especially in the absence of Kim Duran, Because if he's your best defensive player, you actually have a problem with your defense. Because Duran is not known for his defense. He's known for his spectacular offense. So, if you expect such a high-caliber player to produce everything he has on offense, he shouldn't be supposed to, or he shouldn't have to expend all his energy on defense also. You know, they're supposed to have other players who are supposed to step it up. And I don't think the Nets have any player other than, you know, probably Kevin Durant for uh, for that thought. Yeah, looking at
0: who they played in the playoffs last year, they played Bembry sometime because of all the injuries. But the problem is that now Bembry is a starter, so Steve Nash needs a lot of changes to this consistent lineups and he needs to implement better strategies to make the Nets win games. And as of right now, I don't think the Nets are contenders at all because regardless of whether Kyrie Irving plays or not, they don't stack up well against the other Eastern Conference teams. I mean... Last year with the Bucks, right, they played Brooke Lopez, who is more of a outside shooter also. But now, they will definitely play Giannis more often in the paint. And we all know how dominant he is in that area. And even the Bulls or, you know, the Sixers, they all have dominant big men or dynamic scorers who the Nets can never defend. So, I wouldn't even rank the Nets' top 5 in the East right now.
1: I completely agree with you. I don't think they're contenders, at least at this point of time. When Durant returns, we will have to see how the team meshes with His return and how they have been defensively or how they've gotten better defensively, if I may. So if you take in all those factors, I don't think the time that the Nets have is enough for them to assimilate all these factors into a winning formula.
0: Yeah, but looking at the raw talent they have, you don't know the ceiling. So they could make a surprise run if Kyrie decides to take the vaccine, of course. But in the scenario that Kyrie does not take the vaccine. Do you think the Nets should trade him?
1: Okay, that's a tricky one because Irving has voiced out the fact that he would retire, literally retire, if he was traded from the Nets. So, I don't think any team will be going after him because they would have to give some good player from their team, for Kyrie, only for him to come and retire. No no way. That's not happening. I don't think uh, the are going to trade him. And uh, I don't think any team would be... A, I mean, no team should be stupid enough to... Let this happen, but, uh, you know, never say never.
0: Yeah, but right now the situation the Nets are in is very tricky because they're essentially paying a max contract to a part-time player who, as to their knowledge, might not even play in the playoffs most of the games. So it all hinges on what Kevin Durant thinks or how he plays in the playoffs right now because as far as I can tell, they will make the playoffs. But if they don't end up winning or at least make a finals run, James Harden's future with the team is very un- very uncertain, right? Like, he could choose a better East team or even go to the West because if he's not going to be
1: playing with a big three, he might as well take his chances with another more well-balanced team. I completely agree with that because, you know, as you said, Harden's job here wasn't to carry the team. It was to bring his best to the team, especially in the playoffs and just walk through the regular season. But given the fact that Kyrie might not even play in the playoffs because he doesn't look like he's going to take the in anytime soon, Harden and Durant might have to carry the team in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, going deep into the playoffs with not much depth isn't advisable in terms of if you want to be a contender, if you're aiming to win a championship. I don't think that's sufficient as a team. We've seen in the past that, you know, depth and defense helps us win championships. With the Nets lacking in both these aspects, you know, I I wouldn't be really confident if I was a Nets fan.
0: Yeah, and looking at the rest of the East, it's a real big question for them to answer with more than
1: half the season gone. So, that's been it for this episode, guys. We will be following the Nets and how far they can go if they make the playoffs. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one.